1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Good morning. Let's see. Uh, I'm okay, Brother Mike. Good? Okay, cool. Uh, so, today we're going to be talking about the terms or, or the, the, the subject, spot the difference. And uh, as you can see, you have a picture of a fellow looking at two apples trying to figure out which one's better or which one. What's the difference between these two? And so um, today we're not going to be talking about apples or vegetables or, or, just, uh, or milk is what I'm trying to say for our spiritual food. We're going to be talking about spiritual meat. So hopefully this is a blessing to you as it is for me. And uh, this is actually one uh, the title that I thought maybe I should, maybe I should uh, entitle this message, The Stumbling Blocks in the Bible. But I'd, I'd say let's just, I, I just, I guess, arrive in the conclusion. Let's just entitle it, Spot the Difference, and you'll see why later on. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Before we start, Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this time that we're able to, uh, to worship you in spirit and in truth. And that's by opening your words. Um, we know that the Holy Ghost and the, and the scriptures always go hand in hand in our time right now. The Holy, uh, some people think that they hear some sort of... Uh, uh, voice in their head and they think it's the Holy Spirit and criminals have said that that the Holy Spirit have led them to do uh, something their God but we thank you that the Holy Spirit and the Bible always goes hand in hand so there's some sort of if I I guess if I would be able to call it that way some sort of um, checks and balances if you will we know that we know that the Holy Spirit is God and uh, He does not make a mistake, but some people think or hear or see or experience something and they think that it's the Holy Spirit. So we do thank you, Lord, that uh, you are able to verify these things through your words, without which these are all just guesswork. So we thank you, Lord. We pray that we're a blessing to everyone. And uh, though it may be something that is uh, uh, a little deep or meat when it comes to preaching or Bible study, if you will, um, I pray that you would keep all our attention and our uh, enjoyment of God's words. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right. So I am at 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. And I have a typo over there. I think I put down 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 5. Would love to read the whole thing, but uh, let's just start verse number 5. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations. You didn't think that word was there in the Bible, did you? <laughs> diversities. <laughs> but... You know what? The world, the world takes Bible words and twists them into what they want it to mean. I'll give you an example. The word gay is an old English term that's supposed to mean happy. And now it means something totally different, right? And there are diversities of operations. 
but it is the same God which worketh all in all. So, uh, you and I know, especially living in this country, or if you don't, if you're in internet land, you've experienced it at your own country or with different presidents, that when a president steps into office and starts his administration, it's not always 100% the same with the previous administration, correct? There are differences of administration, right? Well, we know that for sure with our president right now. <laughs> it's different, it's way different from what the previous president's administration was. I'm not going to go deep into that. We're preaching God's words. But you know what I'm talking about. Amen. So, Apostle Paul who wrote this is just simply saying, Hey, listen. In the timeline of the Bible, God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, He never changes. Amen. Does deal with people who changes all the time. In different ways. I'll give you an example. We talked about this last week. Uh, Israel, when his king, when her king came, he came, Jesus Christ came into his own, but his own received him not. God prayed, the Lord Jesus Christ prayed for one more extra year. Lord, give them some more time and they will accept me. If not, then we can cut them down. Remember that? So God, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, administers, there's difference of administrations, administers differently in different time, but He's the same God. See that verse? And there are diversities of operation. In different times, He operates differently, but He's the same God. I'll give you an example, and you, all of you would know this, if not most, because most of you have, uh, are, are parents, but no two people, no two children are the same, right? I, don't, I only have one son, but I've experienced this when I was a teacher of young little kids. No two children are the same. Sometimes I operate with child A in a different way because maybe he's high energy, type A personality, and I have to operate with child B a certain way because maybe he's more, a little bit more emotional. You know that the operations of God with different people are the same. But he's the same God. Salvation is the same here. I mean, in our in our time right now, for everyone, whether you're a Jew and, or a Gentile, salvation is the same for us right now. There is no difference, the Bible says. So, as an example, again, uh, our, my timeline that I made, God dealt with Adam differently, Adam and Noah differently than when He dealt with Abraham. And when the law came, he could not demand Adam and Noah the same things. He could not demand Adam and Noah the same way he operated with Moses, David, and David over here because they were under the law. They were still Gentiles over here. And then over here, beginning from the baptism of John, 
this area over here is this different operation than what we have over here. That's why you and I, that's why you, I didn't, I didn't see anyone bring a turtle dove to church today, did I? Did you bring a turtle dove today? Or a heifer or a cow or a, or a, a loaf of bread? There's pastries back there, thank God for that. But uh, you did not bring that here for your, your sin offering or your atonement offering. Or a lamb. You did not because although that was the administration over here, it's different over here. So what I want to do today is just to sort of magnify this from here, from John the Baptist. Magnify this area over here and just take it to that. From John the Baptist over here to the Apostle Paul. And, there's, and that's the whole outline really. Right? What are the differences? Spot the difference. Because some people would think that if you just read the Bible without studying it, studying or understanding that God dealt with different people in different times differently, then you would think that, oh, God changes his mind all the time. Or, oh, God's such a liar. We received a letter a couple, a couple of weeks ago that says the Apostle Paul is a, is a false apostle. Why? Because he, what he said seems, and also I'll show you later on, to be different. That's why I said spot the different, difference than what's going on over here. Let's take number one. Are you there for now? Let's take number one. Let's talk about the books. All right? For our books. This, everything that happened before the cross happened in the synoptic gospels, which we know as Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Of course, until after around Matthew 27, after the cross, around John, you know, 19 or something like that. And then after that, it's just Acts 1 to 7. All right. And then for us right now, the direct orders that we can get is over here. It's found in prison in the prison apostle or the post-Acts epistles of the Apostle Paul. We'll talk about that more later on if we have time. The spokesmen, the speakers, the preachers during the synoptic gospel, which is before the cross. By the way, before we go forward, let me let me review. When you come into what's what comes after Malachi? Does anyone know? Malachi, Matthew, right? But right before, right between that last verse of Malachi and Matthew, there's one page. What does it say? The New Testament books of the Bible, right? Although that says the New Testament book of the Bible, the administrations, when you come in, when you start reading the first chapters of the Synoptic Gospels, Still, you are still entering into an Old Testament administration where the law is still in effect. Yes? <laughs> yes. That's why the speaker, that's why our speakers right there is John the Baptist, Jesus, and the disciples. We read last Sunday that he was a minister of the circumcision. Right? How many, how many tribes are there uh, in Israel. How many tribes of Israel do we have? Twelve. Some people say, well, the disciples, the apostles are our speaker. Can you imagine? That's a clue already in itself. There's how many apostles? Twelve. 
Why? Because God designed 12 apostles to be the preacher to the 12 tribes of Israel. But he came unto his own, and his own received him not. Spot the difference, right? But then in after, after the crucifixion and the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ, of course, John the Baptist was gone because why? He lost his head. Uh, and Jesus was not here physically. Why? He ascended into heaven. So who was left? The apostles. And then in the church, the body of Christ, who is the spokesman, who gives, who wrote all these things? It's the apostle Paul. If you don't, some people would actually talk to me and that letter that we have, I actually have it here uh, in my, in my uh, possession. He said, the Apostle Paul is a false teacher. Right? Or some people say, they all preach the same thing. Do they? Well, let's look. Let's spot the difference. Matthew chapter 3 verse 1 says, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying what? Repent ye for the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that what he said? No. Guess who else preached that? Jesus Christ. From that time, Jesus began to preach in uh, Matthew 4, 17. And to say, repent ye, believe on my death, burial, and resurrection. Is that what he says? No. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Spot the difference. Amen. What about the apostles, Brother Francis? Let's look at Matthew chapter number 10, verse 5 to 8. These 12, Jesus, uh, these 12, Matthew chapter 10, by the way, is where you find the names of the apostles. He says, these 12, Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into the city of the Samaritans, enter ye not, but go rather to the who? Lost sheep of Israel, saying, what? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Before the cross, the gospel that they preach is not the same as our gospel. It pre they preach the gospel of the kingdom. Right? Now, what did they preach after the cross in Acts chapter 1 to 7 and in the transition? It's found in Acts chapter number 2, verse 36. I'm going to start in verse number 36. As people think that that's where our church started, that means Paul was, uh, the Apostle Peter was talking to us. Uh, well, let's see what the Bible says. Acts chapter 2, verse 36 says, Therefore, let all the house of the church know, assuredly, no, it's talking about the Israelites, right? That God hath made this same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in the heart. Right? Time out. In Bible study, when you see the word therefore, you got to stop to see what it's there for. Right? That means the Apostle Peter was coming to a conclusion. Much like when a pastor comes to a conclusion or comes to the close of the message. For most churches, you probably experience this. For most churches, that's when the pastor's voice gets soft. And he starts becoming a little bit, putting more emotion. I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm just saying that's when the pastor starts going slower. 
or he's about to land his plane. He's about to give the conclusion. And then of all the preaching in Acts chapter number 2 of the Apostle Peter, this was the conclusion. Therefore, I'm talking to you, house of Israel. God wants you to know assuredly that Jesus, that Jesus that you crucified, God made him both Lord and Christ. Right? For us right now, what is the conclusion? Our conclusion is always, is always, or most of the time, I know sometimes I, I'm, I'm long-winded, not sometimes, most of the time. <laughs> and then I go, I go beyond my time. But most of the time, the conclusion is, hey you, whoever you are, whether you're listening here or at uh, in internet land, you need to trust Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection because His blood alone can cleanse us from our sins, not anything else. That's the conclusion. However, it's different from what Peter's conclusion was. His conclusion was, hey you, the one that you crucified is Lord and Christ. So repent that you crucified Him and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Question. How many of you here needed to be water baptized to wash your sins away? Nobody. Once you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, all of that is gone. You don't have to do any work. Praise God. Right? What about our message? What's the gospel? What did they preach? So before the cross, it was the gospel of the kingdom. After the cross, it's repent because the guy that you crucified is Christ. That's the gospel of the circumcision. And then in the church, the, God, the church, which is the body of Christ. Moreover, brethren, 1 Corinthians 15. This is the message for our time right now. I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which ye have received, and wherein ye stand. Watch it. By which also ye are saved. The gospel that the Apostle Paul preached to us is that gospel by which we are saved. We are not saved by the gospel that the Apostle Peter preached. We are not uh, saved by the gospel which, the Lord, uh, which, which uh, John the Baptist preached. We are saved by the gospel that the Apostle Paul preached. And that is that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. You with me? I know that's not very popular with people these days. How many of you are here? How many of you here are saved because you repented because the kingdom of heaven is at hand? You're saved because Jesus, you trusted in his death, burial, and resurrection, right? Next. Let's talk about, so we talked about our gospel, the gospel. There's difference, but the difference. Over here is the gospel of the kingdom, gospel of the circumcision, gospel of the uncircumcision, or the gospel of Christ. Amen. How about acceptance and forgiveness? Is there a difference between here and here and here? Spot the difference. Well, let's look at Matthew chapter number 6 real quick. That's why I, I warned everyone this is going to be meat. Amen. It's not just salad or lollipops. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. For, what's that next word? What does the word if denote? 
That means there must be a condition met. Correct? How many of you have to do anything to be saved right now? Nothing. Jesus Christ did it all. Jesus Christ paid it all. You don't have to do anything. Amen. You don't have to do any works of righteousness. But over here, in Matthew chapter number 6, verse 14, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Is that not a condition? Sure it is. How many of you have never forgiven people before? Have not forgiven given people before? I have. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. What? Their forgiveness is conditional? Before the cross? Boy, it's getting quiet. Amen. <laughs> Watch in Acts chapter number 1 to 7, but we're, fine. we're in Acts chapter 3 verse 19. Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. When? How many of you, your sins are already forgiven? Amen. Our sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. All our sins are forgiven in that cross of Calvary when Jesus Christ became our propitiation, right? Amen. This is future. The Apostle Peter was talking to Israel saying, Hey, repent that you crucify the Lord Jesus Christ, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come. And you're in the book of Daniel, right? That's talking about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Israel as a nation, their forgiveness of sin is future in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God that Brother Francis did not write that. <laughs> that was, that's in Acts chapter number Number uh, three, verse number 19. Matter of fact, later on, this is in Acts chapter 10 now, so that means it's in the transition period. It says, Then Peter, then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, he that feareth him and what? Worketh righteousness is accepted with him. What? The nation of in the, in the program of the circumcision, you have to work righteousness to be accepted with God. Listen, I'm not, I'm not, I just copied and pasted that from the Bible. I'm not writing that down. Amen. I wasn't the one who came up with this. But see, that's why if you come to the Bible without proper right division, you would come to the conclusion that, wait a second, work, uh, salvation is by works. Because I have to, make, I have to do work, uh, works of righteousness to be accepted with God. Time out. That's not, for, that's not our program. That's not our administration. Watch. Oh, praise God. Praise God we don't have to do that anymore. Watch in Ephesians chapter number 1, verse number 6. To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us, made is past tense, right? Wherein He hath made us, what? Accepted in the beloved. Woo! Praise God. That's past tense. In whom we have, if you're saved, 
you have. You're not hoping that you have. It's not a future possession. You already have it in whom we have redemption through His blood. The what? What's that next word? Forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. You give me somebody that does not rightly divide the Word of God, I'll tell you somebody who can't understand, who can't give you an ex- explanation as to why that, that verse in Acts chapter number 10 says that you have to work righteousness to be accepted with God. You don't, in our time, in our time, we have redemption. In our time, you are forgiven. In our time, that's all past tense. Jesus already took care of it. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin has left a crimson stain. He washed past tense it white as snow. How about you today? Are you saved? Or are you still trusting in that works of righteousness that you're trying to do? Jesus already did it all. Amen. Spot the difference. You still with me? Now you understand why I say it's, it's not popular, but it's needful. Now you understand why I say it's meat. Because majority of churchianity and Christendom this day, today as we speak, they want to come to church hoping to get an emotional experience. And that's what majority of preachers give. The Bible is here so we can learn doctrine, so we can be corrected, so we can grow whether we like it or not. Amen. Spot the difference. What else? And you being dead in your sins, Colossians chapter number 2 verse 13, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, what? Having, is that going to happen in the future? No. Now that you're saved, your sins have been forgiven. Amen. How many trespasses did God forgive once he got saved? In that cross of Calvary, how many, how many sins, how many trespasses did he forgive? Whoa, praise God. I don't know if that does not encourage you in this hard week. I don't know what will. Amen. Can I stop for preaching for a little bit? I thought, Brother Francis, you're preaching already. This is a little bit of teaching and preaching. Amen. You are in the best time to be saved. Because now, in our time, in the dispensation of grace, you don't have to wait for forgiveness. You already have it. Amen. You are in the best time to be saved. Why? Because you don't have to work any works of righteousness because Jesus already finished it in the cross of Calvary. Now in the dispensation of grace, you don't have to wait or to do good things to be accepted because you are already accepted in the beloved if you're saved. Amen. Woo! Still there? Still have two hours. (laughs) How about, so acceptance, we're done with, oh, we're done with half of it already, amen? We're in Christ's ministry. Actually, this pours over because remember I told you Acts chapter 1 to 7 is 
the extension that Jesus Christ prayed for when he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what, what they do. So in this first, in, in this half, the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ is that of King of Israel, the literal King of Israel. He came to be the King of Israel, right? Here, it's different. And I'll show you, right? Matthew chapter number two. Matthew chapter... Actually, I just have it there. Why am I still opening? <laughs> I'm not discouraging you from opening. I hope that you would, but I, just for time's sake. Matthew chapter number 2, verse number 2. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem... You always read this most of the time in December, right? Now, Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. In the days of Herod the king, behold, there came three kings. Is that what it says? There came wise men. It didn't even give them a number, right? It just says wise men, right? There came wise men from the east to Jerusalem saying, Where is he that is born Savior of the church? Is that what it says? Where is he that is born King of the Jews? For we have seen, seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. All throughout prophecy in the Old Testament, they were talking about the kingdom and the king. They've been waiting. You know what? Israel right now is not looking up. We, you and I, we're looking up. What are we looking for when we look up? We're looking for the Lord Jesus Christ to come and catch us away, right? Israel is not looking for that. I'm not talking about uh, the unsaved Jews right now. Or, I mean, the, the saved Jews right now, okay? I'm talking about Israel. The Is today, if you go to Israel, they're still looking for the Messiah to come. They're not looking up. They're looking forward to the kingdom. They didn't know that he came already unto his own, but his own received him not. Watch in uh, Matthew chapter 27, verse 11. And Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Do you realize that when the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified, it's because he was in the head of the governor trying to come and revolt against Rome? Do you realize that? That's why the governor says, are you the one who's saying that you're the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered and said unto him, thou sayest. And that's why, and when, in, in verse number 39, and when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and read in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! Because Jesus Christ came to be the literal King of the Jews. But they rejected Him. How did they reject Him, Brother Francis? I'm glad you asked. Look at verse number 14 in John chapter number 19. And it was the preparation of the Passover and about the sixth hour. And He said unto the Jews, Behold, this is Pontius Pilate, Behold your King! But, the cry, but they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Watch what the Israelites said. Pilate said unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest, the leader of Israel, says, We have no king but Caesar. They made their choice. They made their bed. Now they had to sleep in it. Amen. Is that how, is that what we're doing right now? I know a lot of churches 
still preach kingdom gospel right now. I know a lot of pre- uh, preachers still, you know, when, when you talk about, they pray that you're, you're the king of kings and lord of lords, but is he really the literal king of the earth right now? If he is, we wouldn't have all these problems. But there will come a time that he will be the literal king, amen? And whether people like it or not, he will rule with an iron rod. Amen. But now he's not. There's a prince and the power of the air that's ruling right now. And that's Satan. But how does the Lord Jesus, what's his ministry for us right now? Is it that of a king? His ministry is this. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in some things he might have the preeminence. In all things he might have the preeminence. I do understand that the word Jesus is a corny, corny thing to say right now, or some people even use it as a cuss word. Amen. But the Bible says he is the head of the body, the church that in all things he might have the preeminence. Amen, amen, amen. Things that are different are not the same. If you don't read it without, without studying your Bible, without right, right division, then you think that there's all kinds of stumbling blocks, amen. What about the hope of Israel during this time? What about the hope of the Messianic church during this time? And what about the hope of the uh, uh, mystery church during this time. What are they waiting for? What are you waiting for right now? What are these guys waiting for right now? Are they one and the same? That's why if you talk about, if you just read and take things literally, it's so easy, amen? You know how sometimes people, old timers would say, you know, it doesn't, it's, not, it's not like it used to be. Used to be people will just shake hands on things. Have you heard that before? People used to just shake hands, shake on things, and now you don't do that anymore. Why? Because people don't mean what they say and don't say what they mean anymore. Well, God does through His Word. Amen. If you just read it, well, see, the problem is Christians today will read the Lord's Prayer and because it's touched them in their whole lives or they have like a, a cross-stitch pattern of the Lord's Prayer in their wall, there's some emotional connection to it and they start to deviate from what God is really saying and just dwell in the emotions. The Bible says, Our Father, which, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy Kingdom come, thy will be done where? In earth. What are they waiting for? They're waiting for the kingdom to come to earth. You know when the answer to that prayer is? In the millennial kingdom. Amen. Is that what you're praying for? Is that what you're looking for? No, you're looking up. You're not looking forward in the timeline. You're looking for, for Jesus to come and take us away. Why? Because between that kingdom and the rapture, there's seven years of... of you, you just don't want to be there in the seven years. Amen? <laughs> and if you're saved, you won't be. Praise God. Watch. What are they, what are they looking for? What, are their, what is their inheritance? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the what? The earth. Is that what you're praying for? The Jews are looking to inherit the earth. 
The, the nation of Israel is looking to inherit the earth. Why? Because that was the promise to Abraham. You will be the possessor of, you will, the earth will be your inheritance. And that's why churches and preachers that don't rightly divide have Christians and pastors that are earthly minded. Carnal. What are we supposed to be looking for? What is your hope? What is my hope? Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Bill. Acts chapter number 1. Well, this is, this, is, uh, this is in Acts chapter 1 to 7, that period. What are they looking for between Acts chapter 1 to 7? That's still the extension. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord... When wilt thou at this or wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? In Acts chapter 1 to 7, they were still looking for the kingdom. What are you and I looking for? Colossians chapter 1, verse 5. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Do you know why it seems like historically speaking? Believe me, I'm not saying this. To demean anyone. Historically speaking, do you know why it seems like God's people, the Jews, whatever they touch, they can make into money? I'm not saying that into a condescending way or a, pro, a, a, a stereotype at all. But that's why. You know why? Because God's promise to them is earthly blessings. And since they were wandering around, they need to take their jewels with them. By the way, what's the first three letters of jewels? You know why? Because God knew His promise to Abraham is earthly blessings. And that's why there was a book that came around a couple of years back called The Prayer of Jabez. Have you heard of that book? The Prayer of Jabez. Jabez was uh, an individual in the Old Testament who prayed that God would give him riches and God gave him riches. And that book came out and all of a sudden Christians just want to pray for riches. And that's when a lot, well... Prosperity gospel has been here before that. But that's, a lot of people subscribe to that. They want earthly blessings more than heavenly blessings. Your blessings, my blessings are not in this earth. Praise God for what we have. Praise God for our family. Praise God for our health. Praise God for our church. Praise God for this building. Praise God for our work. Praise God for the people that you're sitting right next to. That love you. That take care of you. These are, yes, earthly things that we're thankful for. But hey, guess what? When you trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your, as your Savior, ladies and gentlemen, you are blessed with all spiritual blessings, but it's in heavenly places. Amen. These are not earthly blessings. They are spiritual blessings. Wherefore you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel. Almost done. You still there? My promise to you was to feed you spiritual food. And that's what I want to do. Amen. Not just to make you laugh and cry and make you feel good so you can come back next week to make you feel good again. The Bible of the Lord Jesus Christ should be our encouragement. Not Brother Francis. Amen. So, they were looking for a kingdom here in earth. They were looking for our, a kingdom here in earth. We are looking for God to take us out of here. Amen. Because our inheritance is in heaven. Things that are different are 
not the same. How about the ministry of the Holy Spirit? Are they the same here and here? Hmm. John 7, 39. Almost done. As you can see, that's the last line, I think. Right? <laughs> John 7, 39. But this spake he of the Spirit, capital S, that's the Holy Spirit, which they that believe on him should, this is in John, the Gospels, before the cross, right? Should receive. For the Holy Spirit was, Holy Ghost was what? Not yet given. Because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Let's, re let's rewind further down. In the Old Testament, in the law. Was anyone, did you ever read of anyone in the Old Testament that was sealed with the Holy Spirit? No. Did you ever read of anyone that the Holy Spirit never left them? You know what? The Holy Spirit just came into people back then, whether they're saved or not, for their service so they can do something great for God. Amen? That's why you will read something like, well, when Saul was the king, he was filled by the Spirit, but then when he did something bad, the Holy Spirit departed from him. In the book of John, in the Synoptic Gospels, the Holy Spirit was not yet given. But in, in uh, Acts chapters 1 to 7, look what happened in that, in that time period. Verse number, chapter 2, verse number 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. See? That's why, the whole, that's, why there's, there's, that's why there are Pentecostals who will say that you're not saved if you don't know how to speak in tongues. You're not saved if you can't heal. You're not saved if you can't raise people from the dead. Well, I guess we're not all saved. Amen. Because the ministry of the Holy Spirit was different then and now. The administrations was different. What do you mean to tell me, Brother Francis, it's really different? It's the Holy Spirit did different things then and now? Yes. Look at Acts chapter number 5, verse number 3. Remember the story of Ananias and Sapphira when they pledged to give to the pastoral fund? That's not the pastoral fund. They pledged to give uh, the, uh, everything that they have. But then when they found the money, when they saw the money, cha-ching, dollar signs. Wait a second. Wait a second. I guess we can just give some of it. Ananias, Peter said, Why had Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? What happened then? Ananias, when he was still speaking, what? <laughs> Dead. Aren't you happy that that's not happening right now? How many times have you walked or have you gone to your, on your way to church saying, Lord, I'm going to give you this much amount today. And then once you got to the pew, you remembered something, maybe grocery or in, groceries or something or whatever. And you're like, Lord, I can't give this because I got to give because I got to get some milk or something like that. Did you die? <laughs> no. Because the ministries of the Holy Spirit is different from then and now. What's the ministry of the Holy Spirit now? I'm glad you asked. Ephesians chapter number, um, chapter number 1 verse 13. 
one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And if you're not saved, listen to this verse because it tells you what the order of salvation is. What happens first? In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. You hear it first, and then you trust. Amen. In whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. In the Gospels, the Holy Spirit was not given yet. In Acts chapter 1 to 7, there are visible signs of what the Holy Spirit does. Why? Because the Jews require a sign. But in the dispensation of grace, you may not see it. You may not feel it. But once you trust in after you listen to that gospel of your salvation and you trust in Him, you are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Amen. And how many of you are stronger than God? <laughs> I'm not. That is why. This is why. This is actually a wonderful verse for eternal security. If you're stronger than God, that means you can break that seal. I can't. I can't break that seal. God gave me that salvation. I can't take it away. Woo! A lot of people are scared of right division, but did we not just notice? It actually solidifies where we are and why we believe in these things right now. You are in the best time to be saved. You are sealed and nothing can take that away from you. Last but not the least, you can wear your shoes back. Amen. <laughs> Put your shoes back on. Christ's return. Christ's return. What does it look like? What are they looking for when it comes to Christ's return? Over here, they were looking for the visible return of Christ on earth. Over here, we'll look. But over here is a different thing, and then we're done. Look at Matthew chapter number 24. Verse 29 to 30. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened. After the what? The tribulation. So this happens after the tribulation. Amen. The moon shall not give her light. And the stars shall fall from heaven. And the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. And they shall appear. Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. Watch it. And they shall. What's that next word? See. Amen. The Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. The ministry of God to the Jews or to the nation of Israel is always, it is a uh, covenant of sight. It's always something that needs to be seen. Why? Because the Jews requires a sign. That's why Moses said, come and see the salvation of the Lord, but not us. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. You shall see the Son of Man coming. What about in Acts chapter 1 to 7? What are they praying for? Remember when the Lord Jesus Christ ascended and everyone, the apostles, were looking up to Him? There were two men in white behind them. What happened? He says, And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as He went up, 
Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of the church, ye men of what? Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you in heaven, shall, watch the next wordings, so come how? In like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. That means, in the second coming, the way Jesus Christ came up visibly is the same way he's going to come down and everyone's going to see him. What about the rapture? Is everyone going to see him then? Well, let's look. And praise God that we have the Bible to answer our questions. Amen. But I would not, 1 Thessalonians 4, if you haven't memorized this yet, it's a good verse to memorize. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. That's, uh, I heard a preacher say one time, that's the biggest denomination in Christianity, the church of ignorant brethren. <laughs> I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Is there people asleep in here? <laughs> that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about people that are dead. Uh, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them, pre-event, or pre-event them, prevent them which are asleep. We're not going to be ahead of them. They will, have, they will rise first and then we which are alive and remain shall rise all right next for the lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel and with the trump of god and the dead in christ shall rise first watch the wordings right then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the where in the clouds to meet the Lord in the where? In the air. In Matthew chapter number 24 and in Acts uh, that we read, in Acts chapter number 1, in like manner when Jesus Christ came up from the ground, He will also descend to the ground. He touches down. In the second coming, He touches down. And that's when he rules and reigns as king of kings and lord of lords, whether people like it or not. In the rapture, he comes to the clouds, into the air, takes us away, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. No touchdown there. Things that are different are not the same, amen? And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with this word. I'm done. That was the end of it. I will end with this. You are in the best time to be saved. Amen. You don't need to do anything. Your sins are forgiven already. You don't have to wait for it in the future. You don't have to work works of righteousness to be accepted. You are already accepted in the beloved. You don't have to do anything. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin has left the crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. How about you today? Are you saved? Have you trusted in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection? By the way, if I were the enemy, if I were Satan, 
Guess what I would do? Because Satan is wise. Guess what I would do? To make the church confused. To make people who can potentially be saved confused. I would mix those gospels together so people don't know which one they believe in. I would mix the gospel of the kingdom with the gospel of the uncircumcision to the gospel of the circumcision. And to this day, there are so many people, pastors themselves, don't know which gospel they believe in to get them saved. If the gospel be hid, it is hid to them which are lost. Are you saved today? You are in the best time to be saved. You don't have to do anything. Ah, Brother Francis, does that mean I need to change my lifestyle? The best part is you don't. God will change it for you. Just get into that book and learn. Well, Brother Francis, do I need to read the Bible? I, I don't have time. Trust in His death, burial, and resurrection. It didn't say you have to read the Bible to be saved. It does say, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Trust in it, and it alone can save you and nothing else. Let's pray. Father, we went, by, uh, we went uh, over our time, but we ask you, Lord, for your help. I hope that the feeding of God's word is a blessing to everyone like it is to me. I know that uh, we tend to go deeper. I, I'm not saying we're... we're uh, better than anyone else or other pastors that don't. I'm just saying that it's all for nothing if we don't do anything about it, dear God. So help us take what we learn, apply it in our lives. Those that are not saved, that they would trust God, that they would trust in your death, burial, resurrection, that, you're the only, that that's the only work for salvation and nothing else that we can do. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.